0: You're listening to the Pastor to Pastor podcast brought to you by the 6-4 Fellowship, pastors committed to prayer and the ministry of the word. In this special edition podcast, Daniel Henderson sits down with 6-4 National Resource Leader, Pastor Troy Keaton. Together, they'll discuss four keys to ensuring your church weathers the current crisis and comes through even stronger. Stay tuned for more.
1: I'm Daniel Henderson. I'm here today with Troy Keaton, who's a treasured friend and an extraordinary leader, a faithful pastor. We are here in central Virginia near Smith Mountain Lake. Uh, sitting in a brand new facility at Eastlake Community Church, one that you actually haven't been able to move into yet, Troy.
0: No, that, that's that <laughs> been quite a journey. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. And we're going to talk about that uh, in these coming moments. Uh, Troy also serves as one of our national resource leaders for the 6-4 Fellowship, committed to prayer and the ministry of the Word, and very passionate about those priorities in his own life and his own ministry. And I know a lot of you listening today as church leaders are I know trusting the Lord for the outcome of this present crisis. And uh, Troy, we were talking before we started here about the desire, I think every pastor has, Mm -hmm. that his church will be stronger and not weaker when this is all said and done. I know that's your heart. Yeah. And so I want to take some time today to uh, really just extract from you the lessons God has been teaching you and really the philosophy and principles he's given you the grace to embrace so that... Uh, weeks from now, whatever it is, uh, people can once again gather and, for the first time, gather in a new facility here yeah. and be stronger uh, than they were when this all came down. So, uh, Troy, I want to just ask you what some of those principles are that you've been learning and the application that you feel will be helpful to those who are listening.
0: Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, it's been a wild ride for every pastor in America, <laughs> and uh, we're all we're all kind of in that same boat. It was a little unique for us because the 15th of March, which was the last Sunday we were officially sort of allowed to have church, yeah. was the last Sunday in our old building. So the mm. first Sunday in our new building was the first Sunday they said, you can't have church. Wow. So the question for us really was rooted in, um, is our church more than our building? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we just spend the last two and a half years building. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, that it's made it very unique in that way. Um, but God has been good and gracious through this process. So, you know, it was, like I said, we were, we were scheduled to start the morning after March 15th, March 16th, and start the final leg of the move so that we could be in a soft opening sure. and, and then two weeks later be a big grand opening and we had everybody and their brother coming. And yeah.
1: First weekend of April, right?
0: First weekend of April. Then we, we, we did this strategically because we're so smart. We <laughs> lined it up so that it would be grand opening and then Easter Sunday. And you bet. I'm telling you what, the Lord sometimes probably just marvels at our wisdom. <laughs> so anyways, of course all that went out Went out the window, right? Um, and really, you know, there was our our initial response was probably like everybody else. There was sort of the shock yeah. of are we are they really canceling our church? Mm-hmm. And and sort of the double shock of we're not actually going to be in the new building. And that first week, of course, you're hanging on to this is only going to last a week, mm-hmm. uh, maybe two weeks, but we'll be here April fifth. And sure, um, so the, the the phase one was sort of the shock and what in the world's happening. And then um, the second thing that we really focused on was um, it was kind of the message of the Lord to Moses. What's in your hand?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We can't uh, we can't do what we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, nobody. We're on the same boat around the whole globe. So so we looked at what we had and we said, well, whatever we have, let's leverage it for the glory of God and the good of mankind. Mm-hmm. And so we basically little thing everything from small things such as connecting to our community we have this brand new facility that we can't use right it's huge it's got great technology it's got amazing internet so we went and met with our county leaders they they called us up and and we made this a distribution point when and if that was necessary and Mm -hmm. said hey if you need to use our technology to make videos so so anyways um we, we were asking the question how do we leverage what's in our hand yeah and then the third thing was really um there's just sort of four principles that we're gonna live by, mm-hmm. and and those those are the ones that you you know we're, we're talking about today, yeah. um, and they really are communication, mm-hmm. prioritization innovation, and multiplication.
1: Wow. Sounds like a preacher's outline. That, that's like a good a pre- one. These guys are going to love this one.
0: You put two <laughs> preachers in a room, they could come up with an outline like
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think we kind of did, didn't we? Yes, we, we here, did. So, uh, well, let's talk about communication then, uh, yeah, how so, important that is at a time uh, like this.
0: You know, we, we really, um, all of us were in the same boat across the, 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 the nation and around the world with churches we we're used to communicating with our people, and mm-hmm. the way we do that is they all show up and marvel at how well we speak to them every Sunday, <laughs> and all of a sudden, that's gone. Right. So um, we really said we, we have to communicate regularly and uh, uh, communicate encouragement uh, to our people. Sure. And so we just created rhythms of communication, daily rhythm of a devotional, uh, weekly rhythm of leaders in the church, elders and other leaders that would call the seven hundred plus names, of families in our in our uh, mm. in our directory, we broke those up into groups of fifteen or twenty, twenty five, and said mm-hmm. every week. So for every week throughout this process, we've communicated by just calling and say, "Hey, the staff and elders want you to know we love you, we're praying for you. Is anybody in crisis or need?" And early on, you know, there was a lot more unknown. Yeah, we know if hey, the world's going to run out of food next week, or sure. You know. So um just these c- rhythms of communication that we've we've done obviously we've we've done online stuff that tried to do that as good as we possibly can um so yeah communication was really critical we want to communicate regularly so that you can count on it yeah we want to communicate things that matter and that is scripture and and encouragement from the word of god yeah um we actually um uh, started a Daily, a little daily broadcast. East Lake Live, East yeah, Lake yeah. Live to our congregation and, and the con- community, and, really, and the community right? yeah, really. Yeah. Um, you Very know, community minded. The, to- yeah. the quote by Tozer that's been floating around since all this started: "A scared scared world needs a fearless church." Yeah, and uh, we really um, we wanted to be that in our community, mm-hmm. be strong, and, and so we we've we've tried to do that. So can, we really said a. Although we can't communicate like we used to, yeah. Sundays and other things that we ordinarily programmatically would do, we have to communicate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I want to ask you something. So I, I know you've done the week, the daily encouragement. Uh, that comes out in the form of an email, a teaching point, and uh, just some practical stuff. Um, the weekly engagement uh, within the church of your leaders, touching base with the people, Obviously, then you got kind of a, a community aspect as well. Uh, somewhere in there, though, you made the choice as a leader to keep growing yourself, it seems, because mm. I, would, I would think, and unless you, I don't know this, but I would think you didn't write daily devotions to your people every day before this happened. So you made the choice. I have to step into this and grow personally mm. in my communication uh, commitment, right?
0: That's exactly right. And yeah. you know what's interesting, Daniel? Um, And this is a confession on a podcast. Yeah, (laughs) I was in Dallas over the New Year's, and I was sitting in Charles Chuck Swindoll's cafe. January one or Mm two, maybe January one. I think it would have been January Mm one, or the day before. Right there, just praying and reading and studying, and um, the Lord said, "Write every day Mm. in twenty twenty. Write every day now." The confession is, I I started that and I I I wasn't, <laughs> fell off
1: the log a little bit. Huh? Occasionally, yeah, I was I couldn't
0: say that I wrote every day. Right, right. And then when this hit, the Lord said, "Write told every you right. day." Yeah. And so, yeah, I started this every day. I get up and my root my routine is dramatically changed. Yeah. Um, not that I didn't get up early and I didn't read my Bible, but it's just I'm way earlier and mm-hmm. I'm reading and writing just comments to that each day. Um, and that uh, that has I'll tell you a cool story. A guy emailed me a couple days ago, and he sent me this response that he had said. He said, Pastor, we attend your church, but we send your emails to our children. Hmm. And I got my son's email wrong by one letter. (laughs) And I've been sending it to an atheist in Los Angeles. And here's his response. (laughs) So his son's email was the same as this atheist. Isn't that interesting? And the man wrote and said, thank you so much for these words of encouragement. I'm an atheist, but I'll take the help from wherever I can get it. <laughs> <laughs> so Isn't that great? I told the man, God makes no mistakes. Yeah. Keep praying for him. But
1: Well, you know, again, just from a leadership perspective, though, it's probably tempting for a lot of guys in a time like this to say, you know, I'm just going to sleep in a little more, mm. but... God has put it on your heart. No, get up a little earlier, work a little harder, communicate a little more intentionally.
0: Yeah. So I think
1: as leaders, we got to realize these crises just aren't for our people to learn lessons. They're no. for for Uh-oh. us to really learn some lessons about ourselves and our influence. Yeah, that,
0: that is so so true. And and uh, I, I God has been working and dramatically working in my life yeah. through, through this process. And I, um, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, again, you can't communicate what you're not, right? So uh, yeah. as leaders, we know that, yeah, communication is vital, but we've got to let the Lord speak to us first so that we've got something to say. So do uh, you want to talk about prioritization yet? Or, yeah, uh, sure. Okay. Let's, talk Let's talk about, about how you've set some priorities here. So I
0: guess all of us in the church world probably had the same question when we, when we got the notification from uh, the governor or the president that <laughs> you can't do what you've always done. Yep. Then we had to ask, oh, my goodness, am I relevant? Am I relevant? if yeah. I can't do what has always given me significance, like preach to a room full of people on Sunday, am I relevant? Mm-hmm. Am I, you know, what matters? And so, you know, really, um, God has a beautiful way of reminding us of what really matters. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's been, it, it's been a uh, sort of a frightening thing, but it's been a, an encouraging reality that, frightening that, OK, we can only do now what is most important. Yeah. But if we do only what is most important, maybe there's something beautiful happening here that should have happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, in our particular case, we, we built this building over the course of two and a half years. The first day that we really started working in here was March the 16th, mm-hmm. which is the day the cu- the president came out and said no more than 10 people.
1: Right.
0: So the stock market's falling. The news is breaking every twenty minutes on the screen, mm-hmm. and we're in here working like crazy, wondering if the world's coming to an end. Yeah. So what 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 do you do in those moments? Well, we we found ourselves with some elders and staff on our literal, literally, physically on our knees in the in the staff room, praying and seeking the Lord because we have no clue.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So then. Again, later that day, I'm praying in my office on my knees, and then the next day, I'm finding myself <laughs> kneeling somewhere praying because I'm like, "Oh God, help yeah, us!" Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, I felt I heard the Lord say to me, kneeling behind my desk, "Troy, I wanted to make sure that you entered into this building and in, in, in hum, humbly on your knees." Yeah. And all of a sudden, the priorities and and, and Daniel, you know our heart. I mean, we, we mm-hmm. try to make this not about the building. We sure. said that, but but even then, the priority of everything, not, nothing mattered from a priority perspective except the word of God, mm-hmm. the spirit of God, prayers of God's people, and just reliance upon the Lord. Yeah, and and so what we we had to ask ourselves the question from a ministry perspective: What really matters? Mm-hmm. What do we people can't come here anymore. So what do we want in an email to tell them to do? Yeah. Why do we get together? What is the purpose of our gathering? And uh, we began to do some uh, training uh, online. Sure. With with teaching moment, isn't it? Yes. And they, I, I think in one moment I probably broke a lot of theological rules there because there was maybe seventy five or a hundred people watching, and they were going to be leading their families or small groups. Uh at that time we were still trying to do groups of 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, in actually homes and then a week so later nobody wanted to get out of their home. But anyways,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we were saying, we're ordaining you. <laughs> I think I was ordaining men, women and everybody uh, I don't any willing know, soul, huh? Any willing yeah. soul, but essentially uh we were saying, listen, these are the priorities that you have to maintain in your home or yeah. in small groups. The priority of prayer, the priority of scripture and teaching. Yeah. Um we even changed the way we were preaching mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. Uh, because we wanted to preach b- shorter spans, have <laughs> them break into their groups, and they would talk about right in the middle of a sermon, break out talk about sure. parts. And uh, uh, just finding out what, what is the purpose of people coming together mm. and, and what are the priorities. And, and really, what's interesting when the wind blew, you know, when the wolf huffed and puffed and he blew. The house down. What was mm-hmm. left, and what's what's left in the midst of this coronavirus? is God is still God. His word is still true. Yeah. His power is still being is available, and prayer is is the priority of the church. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, if we'll hang on to those linchpins, really, it was a priority for us of what really matters.
1: Yeah. In these Amen. Moments. Amen. Those are the transcendent supernatural realities. Obviously, made the church what it was. Before they had buildings or technology or any of that stuff, and I think God's bringing us back to that. I would just say, personally, too, uh, you know this, Troy, for us, we had lots of stuff canceled, events and speaking engagements. I couldn't go anywhere. Nobody wanted me. Nobody could get together. Yeah. But you ask the question, all right, so what really matters, right? And I think for some of the leaders listening, that can be a bit of an identity crisis because our mm-hmm. identity is wrapped up in some of those performance-oriented expressions of ministry and when those are taken away, you got to come back to to who am I in Christ, and who am I uniquely for ministry, for us. You know, yeah. it was coaching. Let's keep doing. It. Fortunately, we were doing that all online anyway, so it didn't yeah. matter. But let's accelerate that strength. And then for us, of course, it's leading people in scripture fed, spirit led worship based prayer. And again, for you guys, it's mobilizing your people to connect with each other, to pray for each other, empowering them to do ministry. Which is a pretty biblical thing, isn't it? Except our other forms were getting in the way of some of that.
0: You know, you said it. Um, if we are programmatic and platform, I think is a yeah. more a phrase you used. Programmatic, I would say, platform, personality-driven. Yeah, that stuff doesn't work very well under quarantine. <laughs>
1: <That's> exactly. <laughs> so right. it
0: must be wood, hay, and stubble. Yeah. It must not be pure gold. So yeah. it's not that it's all evil. It's just no. that it's not. It's not the essence of what really matters. Yeah. And so we, through this process of, hey, we have to communicate with our people and hey, we have to prioritize what really matters. Yeah. What do we want to strengthen them and equip them and enable them to do?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, innovation, yeah. Uh, another thing, I'm mean, it's a good word, creativity, God's a creative God. And yeah. in crisis, he's able to download that to his leaders. Uh, what does that look like for you what can some of the guys listening take away from those lessons
0: well one thing is for sure um uh, the whole church world now can say we ain't never done it that way
1: before <laughs> we just thought the cranky old people said that now yeah, we're all saying it right now we're all saying it
0: and here here's i i see this as a re, as an opportunity right now, fortunately, in in our setting, you know, we're, we we have flexibility. We're not stuck in that. A lot of churches, great men, leading churches uh, that that are that are a little less innovative, or maybe a little bit more challenging to change things. Yeah. Well, God changed us. He took the apple cart, knocked it upside down, kicked all the apples down the sewer drain on the side of the street, <laughs> and said, "Now have church." Yeah. And all we got left is the apple cart, and yeah. so and it's upside down. Yeah. So so you have to innovate and obviously i've I, I what i've been so encouraged by in this is watching churches yeah even even in humble and simple ways um carry the gospel online sure and so we all have to we're all being innovative and, and it's 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 a joy to watch uh, men who aren't as adept at technology mm. you know
1: use it giving it their best shot aren't they yeah, yeah. It,
0: it's very encouraging because man um uh, we're in this thing together like never before, but yeah, yeah, we, we just, we just said, okay, what can we do to, to communicate and, 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 and put the emphasis on the most important priorities in ways that people can understand. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, uh, simple, simple as our community, uh, we started a community program every day online, four different online platforms. It's basically a little television show of 30 minutes and Mm -hmm. it's pretty, pretty raw. I mean, the, the television world would laugh at us, I'm sure, <laughs> but uh, but we're doing the best we can, right. and and it's just communicating the uh, some good news and the good news information. That's kind of your tagline, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so we don't even know how long that's going to go, but it sure. was an innovative thing for a few weeks here that we're trying to communicate. Uh, obviously, uh, one of the things more more in a more powerful way that we're trying to do that's innovative is is uh, stuff that you promoted for some time, and that is how do we. Uh, Arrange a service that's going to stream, Mm -hmm. that's going to be meaningful to a family sitting in their home with three, three kids, four, seven, and eleven.
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, so so,
1: facilitating interaction application. Yeah, yeah, right through the service.
0: Lots of coming and going back and forth, rather than somebody singing for twenty minutes and Mm me preaching for thirty or forty minutes. Mm Although yesterday I broke that a little bit, but
1: uh, <laughs> you got going uh, yesterday. We had a I lot of that. we had a lot
0: of pieces there yesterday, but uh, you know, finding creative ways to to engage and interact yeah. um, is sort of been is sort of been uh, foisted upon all of us, and some of us are blessed with uh, more more facilities or whatever. But no matter where we are, we can be creative.
1: Yeah. So two things just to comment on: one is innovating within the wheelhouse of, again, what God's given you. So I, I can say this, Troy, I know about you. Since you've been here in this community, you've been very community-oriented. You were president of the Chamber of Commerce. There was a shooting yeah. here. You were on TV representing the the community. So that was a, a platform God gave mm-hmm. you that you just realized we creatively need to continue to step into that. Every pastor has unique areas of influence. Yeah. And just God would inspire him as to how to maximize that influence at a time like this. No doubt about that.
0: Yeah. And I think the, the, the one thing, the one mistake we make in the church is uh, we, if we make that mistake, it's, it's sometimes thinking that because I can't do what I've always done, yeah. I can't do anything. Right. And I, I said that earlier that the Lord asked me, what's in your hand? Yeah, exactly. And so we've we filmed videos for the health department. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheriff's Department. yeah, Because
1: um, that's what God had given yeah. you. In these and, years. and we've no.
0: innovated our service. We've innovated our streaming. We we did a drive-through um, the second Wednesday night. We did a drive-through where people were really kind of in panic and we hadn't seen anybody. And we just said drive-through and the staff and elders greeted people and prayed with them as they came through. We didn't touch anybody. We right. just leaned down and prayed right there in their car and they kept driving. Yeah, And we did that with, with a line of cars for two and a half hours. Mm. And just prayed with yeah, with every yeah.
1: uh, drive through prayer
0: yeah drive it was drive sure. through prayer um, <laughs> so you know obviously churches are doing uh, a million cool and exciting things um, simple and, and some extraordinary yeah but um, being innovative and creative has been a key part of our process
1: and I would say and we've talked about this personally the uh, adjustment you made with your services, is a commitment that we've got to make sure we are facilitating reality, not just trying to preserve forms, right? I I talk all the time there's between form and reality. Form are are the mechanisms that allow ministry to happen, but they're not sacrosanct by any means. Right. The reality is sacrosanct. So, you know, there's no biblical prescription i got to preach 45 minutes. That's what I did every Sunday, you know, for whatever, decades, right? But why not preach 10 minutes and get people talking about it or praying about it or do some with the kids? So I'm hoping, we'll talk about that in a later conversation, but I'm hoping a lot of that openness to to evaluating the forms to accommodate a better reality will occur on the heels mm-hmm. of this. And again, that's one of the principles that innovation, not just now, but when we all get back together. And again, that's probably another conversation for yeah. another day. But. And
0: you know, Daniel, I would say about innovation is – and i'm just thinking here as we're talking and that is that we have to innovate to do the things that matter. Yeah. Not innovate to get people's attention. Right. Sometimes innovation is used for attraction. Yeah, just to be clever, right? So so the the cool thing about this, everything's been stripped away and we can't even have communion, we can't pray, we can't preach hardly. I mean, we can't. We're not in person. So right. how do we do that? Well, obviously online. Thank God this happened now and not 25 years ago. Mm. Uh, because we have mm-hmm. ways of communicating, but but we're innovating towards those things that are priority, and that takes the pressure off. Yeah, it takes the pr- if I can help my people pray, if I can help my people apply the word, get it, apply the word in their life, Minister to each other. And be, yeah. we 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 are seeing so much of families stepping up and uh, mm-hmm. and becoming leaders and, and and so forth, and and which leads us really to that last principle that we were yeah. going to talk about. Yeah. That's multiplication. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, multiplication is is a DNA here. It's a yeah. DNA strand yeah. at East
1: Lake. It's the theme word of the ministry, right? Yeah.
0: And uh, you know, we've been we've been sort of focused on for the last year a little process of raising up leaders. Um, we thought it was because when we got in here, <laughs> there were going to be a whole lot of new folks that wanted to see our building, and we wanted a lot of leaders that would be able to represent the DNA of yeah. East Lake. Do so there would be yeah. men and women who could pray, men and women who understood the scripture, men and women who understood our culture. Uh, What we've realized is that um, uh, through this process, those leaders that we've raised up are now leading in a million, so to speak. A lot of viral ways now. A lot of viral ways. And so, um, uh, you know, we've seen... uh, I know of three families specifically that I can tell you that have emailed us that said at the end of a service or during a service, they've led one of their children, teenagers, mm. or or some of their own children, to the Lord.
1: Yeah, sitting in the living room they or whatever. And yeah.
0: they, they were blown away that they didn't need Pastor Troy to actually <laughs> lead them all through. And you know what? I thought to myself, if we'd have been having church, I would have robbed them. Yeah. Of that gift because Ed probably said you need to go talk to Pastor Troy, which I don't encourage that, but that's sometimes how it right, happen. happens. Yeah, so multiplication, and that is basically as I said earlier, ordaining people, empowering people is a better word, empowering people to live out the gospel every day in every way to every person mm-hmm. that they come in contact with, and 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 seeing, seeing, uh. Uh, the things we've taught or the or the things that are most important from the Scripture, seeing those things multiplied in people's lives. And, you know, I, I would say it like this, kind of like a COVID-19 uh, test on your body. Do you have COVID-19? Well, the first few tests took like two weeks to get the results back. Yeah. Well, right now, we're all living in the moment of COVID-19, and the tests are out whether or not what we've done in the past. Yeah. And raising people up, and multiplying leaders, and and the tests are still out. But um, we have we have focused. We have really focused on not let's see how many people we can get to listen to us. Our communication on Sunday morning it's a little more typical, but our communication has been built around go lead, Mm -hmm. go pray, Mm -hmm. go share this word with someone, go you know, equip. And, and, and so it's, it's been built around not, Oh, everybody tune in, tune in, tune in, listen to miss, listen, listen, listen. We want to it. It's it. Our communication is centered around go. Yeah. And releasing people. And so, uh, who knows when we open the doors back up, maybe nobody will ever come back, <laughs> but we'll have scattered a lot of people yeah. to do they the work become of the missionaries
1: all around the world. And, <laughs> hey,
0: that's the goal, right? It is. It so, is. Um, you know, one, one thought that has really struck me in, in closing is, um, We'll see. It, it would be interesting to see how healthy we would be, because I, because I fundamentally believe, Daniel, that we're going to be stronger when we get back yeah. as churches, yeah. Because those who've committed to the things that matter, right? God, that's like a that's like a room for that to grow in their life mm-hmm.
1: in a whole new level over mm-hmm. the last few
0: weeks. And I think when we all get together, we're all going to be more spiritually mature. Our churches are going to be more empowered and equipped to do the work of the ministry, as Ephesians four says. But it'd be kind of. it, it, it thought crossed me the other day. Boy, I wonder what, wonder how well we would do if the internet went out now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so, <laughs> so now we can't meet together. So now you got to watch me online, or I got to read my you got to read my a daily devotional, right? And I'm and, and I'm trying to equip and engage, and and all of a sudden the internet goes, that goes out. away. They don't have any of my sermons archived, and they don't have anybody else's sermons archived. So you know what we need to here's here's the challenge upon my heart is that, Troy, you need to equip your people so that even in the absence of the Internet and streaming and absence of going to church, they could thrive spiritually. Because the key to spiritual success and spiritual fruition in our life is not the connection to Pastor Troy. It's our understanding and commitment to the Word and Mm -hmm. our walking in obedience to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And they don't need the Internet, and they can be quarantined and do all of that.
1: Yep. You'd think the Holy Spirit lived in all of them, wouldn't you?
0: You'd all think
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sufficient for their needs and their ministry. and yeah.
0: You know, it's a dangerous thing. So, in many ways, it sort of threatens our church because, you know, we have some practical realities of tithing and all right. that. And we think, oh boy, this threatens the church. But if you look throughout history, the church is never more dangerous than when it's scattered.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: And Jesus said in Acts 1 8, I'm going to scatter you. Mm hmm. And and the early church scattered and, and, and went across. And and every time, obviously, we know through persecution, the church flourishes. And so what's happening right now is is I think as we've been scattered, those who are maintaining the priorities of Scripture and, and prayer and the Word and all those things, um, I think we're stronger.
1: Yeah. You know, we were, and as you wrap up, we were talking just before this about the world perceiving the church as a holy huddle, right? Mm. That's kind of what we do. Well, our huddle's been shattered. Yeah. But our holiness can be, you know, exponentially more powerful. And um, it'll be interesting, Troy, when people come back to church, what they're going to be talking about. You know, I'm not going to be talking about uh you know march madness not gonna be talking about a lot of stuff we normally (laughs) talk about but hopefully we're going to be talking in a fresh and new way about the things of god and the lessons we've learned and the mission that we have really understood more clearly that's a stronger church isn't it
0: yeah i look forward to talking to you daniel too about what what that ought to look like yeah when we come back maybe we can talk about that again
1: let's do that we'll do that in our next conversation uh we don't want to go back to normal Uh, I think a new normal and the original normal is knocking on the door, and we'll see what that looks like. So, Amen. You bet. Thank you, Troy. Great to be in conversation with you.
0: If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe to receive these on iTunes or at our website, 64fellowship.com. There you can also explore many other great resources on how to excel in prayer and the ministry of God's Word. You can also find out about our pastoral coaching opportunities with Daniel Henderson. If you have a question you'd like us to address, please email that to us at info at 64fellowship.com. Once again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.